The DX Talk, a podcast brought to you by Magnolia. So welcome to this episode of our podcast. Today we're going to talk about the digital transformation in the public sector, a topic that is rather big, I guess, but I have a very potent or I have a very knowing interview guest today. It's Michael Amisecker, partner and owner of Quatico Solutions for a long time already, I believe. Uh, Michael, can you uh, just tell us a bit what Quatico does? Yeah. Uh, hello, Lucy. Thank you for the opportunity to present ourselves and to say a few words about the digital transformation in the public sector. In short, we're an engineering shop. We carefully craft software. If you have a problem, we have the solution for you. We come up with ideas and uh, realize them for you. The essence is we build long living platforms and digitalize business processes. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of expertise in exactly that and naming the project in the public sector, an area with a huge potential for digital transformation, I believe. Uh, you did projects like the open government data of the city of Zurich. You did other projects for the Swiss government. Is there a, like a favorite success story that you would like to share with us? Yeah, um, maybe the project we did for the canton of the city of Basel. They had a, a system and let's, let's put it uh, straight. It was monolithic. It was uh, expensive to, to change things, to move on. They weren't able to, to move anywhere, anyhow. So they were just stuck. And we had the mission to upgrade the Magnolia uh, CMS. Um, it was a major, major version upgrade. Um, we had the mission to modularize it and to standardize the system, the software. And all together at the same time. So each of those three tasks is, is already quite challenging. I can imagine. But all three together was, uh, was very tricky. And in the end, they wanted uh, a CMS that is capable of hosting modules from multiple suppliers. They don't want a supplier lock-in, yep. uh, so to say. They got their upgraded, modularized and standardized platform, uh, which now uh, hosts modules from different uh, suppliers from Germany, from Switzerland. And uh, yeah, right. now it's, they can move on. Very good. Um, allow me to take this whole thing one level up again um, before we dive too much into technical detail. Mm -hmm. um, as we're still talking about the not just the technical but also the general digital transformation the public sector is undergoing um, i think it's fair to say that the expectations of customers to interact with their governments was always driven by trends in the private sector is this gap closing now can digital change the way the public sector works and the services they offer to their customers yeah it can absolutely and um, the good thing is that there is huge potential, yeah. but the gap is closing very slowly right. and uh, too slowly, in my opinion. But there are reasons to it. Public sector has to rely on, on they have legislative boundaries. So and legislation is, is a very cumbersome process, uh, which is not a bad thing in itself, but it, it's just just slows things down. Yeah. And I would say the services 
can change, but I'd say it's it's rather the way the services and products are produced. It's more the, the production aspect and the consumption aspect rather than the product and the services themselves. I'd say the government, the state, it has some tasks it might fulfill, but that won't change too much through okay. digital, I think. Right. It's, it's more the production and the consumption side. I recently read a quote from a Boston Consulting Group that goes, governments need to go beyond digitizing existing processes and services. What does that mean? Does that make sense to you? Or can I say, where are the greatest dangers to fail? Yeah, I think it's it's a bad idea to to just digitize existing processes and services. It would help to some extent, but the administration should take the perspective of the citizens or so to say of their customers if you want mm-hmm. and not just carve in stone the existing processes and services those are historically grown they are best suited for the needs of the administration but i dare to say not for the citizens they're just on the way to get to know these strange beings uh, named customers or citizens So, but basically it's no different than what happens in the private sector, right? You should very much take the perspective of your customers or your, in that case, the citizen, but you should think the other way, right? That is also the way that private sector is being transformed. Yeah, absolutely. They should start thinking about their, the customer journeys or the citizen journeys and yeah, have have always use first in mind. Mm. That's that's a point that I agree with Boston Consulting Group that yeah. they just shouldn't do it like they did it for centuries, yeah. but uh, really to detect where can they deliver most right. of the value. Is there a best practice in the conception of these kinds of projects? Yeah, I'd say so. The challenge is rather organizational than than technical. And the biggest problem is how to measure value when there are no market prices. Right. How, how do you know what to deliver next? How mm. do you know as an administration what's really valuable for your, your citizens? Mm. Um, you, as where well, you can't compare with uh, with somebody else, right? You're so the only you're the only provider. So yeah, there's not much competition. competition yeah, there's the not word. much We competition. For, right? <laughs> yeah, and and even worse, sometimes they don't know what services or, or products they are offering, they mm. are producing. Often they don't think in these terms, so they don't even have a notion or a concept of product or service. Mm. That's solved. Uh, how do you move on? As in the private sector, there's uh, megatrends, DevOps and cloud. You need some preconditions. If you really want to digitize your, your services, you need a DevOps culture in your IT department. You need to know how to prioritize your backlog. That's not an easy task. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you can, for example, you do it with the cost of delay divided by duration or something like that. Then keep the features small, 
But this is difficult in the context of an administration. You need somebody that understands, that supports the DevOps culture, that understands how to prioritize uh, the features, that has a thumb on keeping the features small. So you need a gatekeeper, let's say a product owner, that understands this methodology and and helps you in creating value as a supplier. Right. What does that mean in terms of choosing the right architecture? Well, I think the time for monolithic uh, monster application is over. Yeah, yeah we hear that a lot. S separate your responsibilities in different layers, right. provide reactive microservices, decouple front-end process logic and data. Mm. That's probably the most important thing. So right. you need usable components in the front-end. You need reusable modular processes in your process engine, uh, business abstractions that incorporate your uh, administration DNA in your business logic and just leave your data pure. Data, yeah. do not scatter process view or application state information in the data and things like that. So it's, it's really about separating responsibilities in there where, where they belong to because you, you can't just do it all on your own or just have one supplier that uh, magically delivers all and has all the competences, you need to create sp space for collaboration. Mm. You need mm. to, to have space for uh, contributions from many other contributors like web agencies or business process analysts, service integrators or even data scientists. So you just provide those sandboxes mm -hmm. to those contributors and then they can play with you. Mm. <laughs> the important thing about the sandboxes is that let them play, let them get dirty, but don't let them throw out the dirt of their sandbox. Right. And you can achieve that by relying on microservices, right? Yeah, and you, you define the rules, mm. you set the boundaries, what's mm. allowed, what is not allowed, and you enforce those rules automatically. That's right. a very important aspect. So you, you define metrics where you measure quality of software and whenever it doesn't comply with, with your, uh, your standards, you reject it. Right. Let's go back to the real world for a moment. Apparently a very good example of execution is the UK. They Under gov.uk, they have a very streamlined offering, but a very comprehensive one. Mm. Uh, apparently, they, they came about because they created a separate dedicated unit mm. of people building this up. So they didn't just try to digitize the existing people and content, but they really created something from scratch and tried to attract a range of new talented people. Seems like it worked. Is that something you also think is a way to do it? Um, yeah, might be. I, I've read um, that they they wanted to get away from the culture of fear mm -hmm. uh, to a learning culture and from management of change. They, they want to, to manage change and mm -hmm. evolve through change, attract the right people. Those are certainly good things and the right things to do. From Again, this tackles issues uh, from uh, production perspective and as a supplier I, I welcome that very much yeah. as a citizen uh, I fear that if you just change production it won't change that much mm -hmm. um, so the main problem is not yet solved and that is how do you define value how do you know mm -hmm. what to deliver and mm -hmm. this 
Sadly, um, most often is uh, is decided by politicians and yeah. not on the basis of facts. Do you have an idea how the the landscape on the public uh, sector in digital will look like in 10 years from now, let's say? Yeah, I'd say the layers in the IT architecture, they, they will be separated, the concerns will be separated, the responsibilities will be put in the right place. You will have data layer, process layer, you will have microservices, you will have multiple playgrounds with uh, many contributors contributing in their domain where they have the right competence. So, so I that see is an in inevitable evolution, you think? Yeah, I see I see a joyful playground where uh, all play happily together because they can, because it's not just a monolithic yeah. monster application, but it's a well-engineered service architecture and everybody can contribute to some extent. So I think that will change. Right. So I think we've come to an end. Thank you very much for your time and your thoughts. Thank you very much. The DX Talk. Subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Talk to us via Facebook or Twitter or visit us at mgnl.io.